Kia ora, g'day and welcome to the history of Aotearoa, New Zealand. Episode 126. Mato, the giant of Wakatipu. This podcast is recorded in Te Whanganui Atara, the rohe of Mueupoko, Taranaki Whanui, Te Atiawa and Ngāti Toa Rangatira. We are generously supported by our amazing patrons. If you want to support Hans, go to patreon.com slash historyaltearoa. In the high country of Murahuku lived two lovers, Manata and Matakori. Manata was the daughter of a rangatira, and he expressly forbade them from marrying, for Matakori was a commoner. Instead, he planned to give his daughter to another powerful chief, who lived on the Taire Plains. One morning, Manata was missing. No trace of her could be found, and she had taken nothing with her, for her sleeping mats and kākahu lay where they had been tossed from the night before. The whole kaina looked everywhere they possibly could to find where Manata had gone, and it was a real mystery until one of the searchers found the print of a huge foot in the soft clay by the river and another remembered that the earth had shaken in the night. When his people brought these unusual reports to him, the rangatira immediately knew what had happened. It is Mato who has taken her away. The people drew closer together when they heard the dreaded name. For Mato was a giant who lived among the snow-capped mountains of the hinterland, and was feared through all Otako. Manata's father was distraught, and in his grief he approached the young Toa of his hapu. He wanted his daughter to be brought back to him from the giant's lair, but that was an almost impossible task, and as such, there was only one thing he could offer them that would give the necessary motivation. I will give Manata in marriage to any man who will rescue her. Despite this reward, the young men were scared and none stirred. That is, except Matakori. He loved Manata with all his heart, so of course he had no qualms about going to rescue her. But now he knew that if he succeeded, not only would he get his lover back, but would get her father's approval to marry her, something he had been desperately seeking. So, while the others hesitated, Matakori sprung into action, heading out for Mato the Giant's lair. He followed the northwest wind to the then young mountains where the giant lived. He climbed the mountain steps until he came to Mato's lair. In the broad daylight, he came up to see Mato asleep, with Manata sitting next to him beneath a flax bush by the river. When she saw him coming, she ran to him and hid her face in his shoulder. Go back, my beloved, she said. I cannot escape. You will be killed if the giant wakes. 
Matakodi smiled. While the warm northwest wind blows, Mato will sleep. It is only when the wind changes that he will wake. But you do not know what has happened. See, he has tied me to his waist with this cord. Matakodi laughed as he raised his adze and struck the cord. But the adze bounced off, for it was made from the hide of the two-headed dog, which cannot be cut by Ponamu. Manata begged him to go, fearing that at any moment the giant would wake up and kill him. Matakodi refused to leave her, trying again and again with his adze to break the cord, to no avail. Manata began to cry, and some of her tears landed on the cord. With astonishment, they saw that the love in her tears dissolved her bonds. Smiling through red eyes, Manata helped her lover to make a raft of manuka, tied with tough vines and interlaced with korari to give it buoyancy. They sprang aboard and were soon back at their home, where Manata's father greeted them as though they had risen from the dead. And of course, he held good on his promise to allow Matakodi to marry his daughter. However, the groom felt there was no time for celebration. I have not finished my work, Matakodi said. The northwest wind still blows for now, but the time will come when the giant wakes up. When he sees that Manata has escaped, we will never be safe. So, while he is asleep, now is the time to take action. He could be taken unawares, and Otako could be rid of the giant scourge once and for all. Despite this sound plan, opportunity for glory, and to do a public good, no one offered to join Matakodi. So once again, he set off alone and climbed the hills for a second time. He passed the Harakeke bush where he found Manata and followed the dogskin cord along the river and up the hill which cast its shadow over the valley. When he got to the top, he saw his adversary. The giant laying across the mountains with his head pillowed on one of the peaks and his feet on another. Miles away towards the setting sun, Matakodi worked day after day while the warm wind blew, piling bracken and dried grass around the sleeping giant. When his work was finished, he kindled a spark. And with this, he set the bracken alight. The mountain tops burst into a great flame and a cloud of smoke veiled Tamanui Tara. The giant was consumed by the flames. They blazed so fiercely that Papatua Nuku herself was set alight. The hot wind caused the flames to roar violently, and the giant's body burned so long and so hot that a trough hundreds of meters deep and 75 kilometers long was created. Seeing his task complete, Matakodi headed back to the Kaina, where his new wife was waiting. However, after his departure, the rains came. 
The mountain streams poured water, ice and snow into the deep chasm, filling it to the brim. When the world was quiet again, all that was left of Mato was a lake in the same shape that his body rested. Today, we know this lake as Wakatipu, which can be translated, depending on who you ask, to, quote, the hollow of the sleeping giant, end quote. Nowadays, of course, Wakatipu has a variety of settlements on its banks. Glenorchy, sitting on Mato's head, Queenstown on his knees, and Kingston under his feet. The lake is a focal point for these communities, and is the heart of the modern adventure tourism industry in the region. However, Mato wasn't fully destroyed. One part of his body did survive the Great Fires, and to this day, still remains in place. At the northern end of the lake, right around where Mato's chest would have been, is Pigeon Island. And underneath that is the giant's still-beating heart. You can't actually hear it, but you can see the way that the lake moves because of it. Wakatipu has what's known today as a seish, which is basically a permanent wave. This causes the lake's water level to rise and fall by about 20 centimetres every 27 minutes or so. Science explains this seish as being triggered by wind and atmospheric changes. However, to Māori, it's the effects of the still-beating heart of Mato the Giant, scourge of Ōtāko, defeated by Matakodi. If you want to get in touch with me for whatever reason, my email and social media are on historyaotearoa.com. Aotearoa spelt A-O-T-E-A-R-O-A. You can also find additional resources there like transcripts and sources. You can help support Hans through Patreon, buying merch or giving us a review. It means a lot and helps spread the story of Aotearoa New Zealand. As always, hairi tu atu, hoki tu mai. See you next time. <laughs>